Well, well, well. Greetings, everyone, and greetings, Mr. Bones, a.k.a. Steven. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Gunnam Explain podcast. This is episode 68, which is pretty cool. Don't you think so, Mr. Bones? Yeah, certainly. Well, um, let's see who's in the chat so far. We've got uh, Ian, Brian, Jedi Sailor. Wait a minute. Wait, that's not real? Oh, man. I thought we were actually have an interesting guest this time. But you know, we, no. we were trying to line up third chair, and uh, wouldn't you know, they went and expired on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's, that's hilarious. When we were starting this up, when we were just starting to meet, I just see the skeleton there. <laughs> My first thought was like, oh, is that on clearance at Home Depot? Um, I feel like I, for some reason there's this collector in me that wants to buy a bunch of them, put armor on them. Have them outside my house, and then I can role play Army of Darkness. Oh I would, yeah, I Wait, totally but there's got to be the one that's like the player. angry dooting. <laughs> you know, in the Evil Dead game, that's one of the uh, specials that uh, you can do when you're the bad guys. You have a flute player that like summons demons. So that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, no. Sailor's hot. Got it on the uh, on on the nose there. Edit that out, Stu. Stu, is that from something? Um, uh, it's a Gundam who is a a, a popular yeah, YouTube. I know him. I just don't. I, I probably haven't watched enough. I guess that's one of his inside jokes. Which, speaking of inside jokes, I want that to happen here. So there's a couple we'll come across. One is Gundab. You guys might see Gundab happen here. Gundam explain. That was something that was kind of sparked by Ian, um, one of our mods. He just yeah. put his gun cheeks in a dab pose, and for some reason it sparked something. So now there's an emote on the Discord for that. <laughs> hey, Lucas Garrett, Neon Wave, Gundam Wing. Oh, good to see you all. Um, but then the, another one, and I think Sayla came up with it, and I loved it. It was uh, for Unicorn calling it The Horse Awakens. Like, on so many levels that works. And I, oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> I love it. Um, but, you know, for today, um, we're going to do some Witch for Mercury talk. I mean, I guess you can't because that's kind of what is in the Gundam zeitgeist right now. But um, also there's some other things. There's some cool Patreon questions that came in that are going to spark some cool discussion. Yeah, it's going to be around video games, but, you know, video games are awesome. So there's that. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, if you check the links in the description because yesterday on Steven's channel, having a lot of fun, it was kind of like a build and chill just doing a lot of cool talking the chat was awesome so a lot of cool conversations came up so if you haven't listened to it yet and you need like a podcast for tonight or tomorrow or something to listen to while you're working uh, yeah that, that's what out. it's good for because honestly we we only got like one arm finished of a high-grade kit so it wasn't it wasn't much of a build well i brought my box out and i never even touched it it was that <laughs> uh whatever what is it called the the white and gold one from Gundam Breaker that has the like live lance or something. I forget the name of it. It it has those shields that look like something that's on the later death scythe, maybe, but it's white and gold. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Uh I have the box. Yeah. But um, oh yeah. This uh yeah, live lance heaven. Yeah. Or that's showing it with the but anyway, I think because it's like, you know, that's like supposed to be the heavenly version of the death scythe, which 
is oh. kind of like the anti-heaven version of the wing zero it's it's like a weird you're so good with words it's like you pick up what they're obviously doing and for some reason i can't pick it up but <laughs> no it, it it's cool because i also have that gundam that barbatoris and for some reason it sounds like a good idea to put the top half of that live lance heaven on top of the barbatoris i don't know i might mess around with that, that. sounds pretty cool yeah um but no, uh, yeah, what else is going on? Um, yeah, Death Scythe Hell, yeah, so Jedi's uh, Sailor's confirming, so good. Uh, Zionic Shadow, I guess I'm the red-headed stepchild tonight. No, Zionic Shadow. <laughs> but speaking of Zionic Shadow, because anytime I see his name, I think GBO2, because him, Rogue, there's a few others. Robert came up with a good idea, and I totally wanted – this is something I want to do. So I think – and I'm going to have it start around the Thanksgiving break or during the Thanksgiving break. For whoever's interested, I want to put together a cool GBO2. You know, Robert said tournament, but almost thinking of let's – almost – if we have enough people, maybe a tournament. Otherwise, maybe just something where we're co-oping. We just get a group yeah. together, do some – maybe even – if we would want to add an element of role playing, so if we decide we want to go out with a specific team type with roles, hey, look, I'm just saying, GBO2 added the dual feature to the game. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's almost okay. as if they knew that Witch from Mercury was going to be upping this oh. big dueling thing, and it's oh man, I'm oh, uh, sorry, uh, no, you were you're totally hitting all the marks okay so you've helped me out i'm glad you brought up the dual thing because i think maybe i want to do that and with the witch for mercury thing i can think it helps me with my my theming or whatever when i put this together and yeah, that'll yeah. be cool so yeah jump in the discord there is a gbo2 channel so if any of you play that you want to get uh into that oh yeah mad matt uh matt mad dog wheaton that's right you're also into that as well okay i think yes, we'd have we'd have fun yeah, so I'll put everything together. There'll be something up on the Discord later. Um, but yeah, um, let's talk about, well, a couple things. You know, if you're interested in being a supporter, there's some cool things you can get from that. Um, we were doing this movie night, and for some reason, we were trying to stream Hathaway over the weekend. I couldn't get it to work. Even Ian, our mod, couldn't get it to work. He was helping out. Uh, and I don't know if the internet, like, collectively went down that day. Uh, but I've I've been able to share stuff fine in the past, so um, we're going to do a makeup of that, but still have our monthly watch along. So maybe next few days, weekend, next week, we can j watch Hathaway. We'll try to like see when everyone's around. But then for the for um, November's movie, uh, I think I think for sure December's movie, I'm going to make um, if not endless waltz, it's going to be an a couple episodes of uh, 080 War in the Pocket. I think that would be fun, like the last yeah. two episodes, because that has the Christmas stuff going on, too. Uh, November. Dramatic. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that largely. Yeah, and for November's, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'll, um, I'll announce that soon. Uh, has there been a Gundam with a turkey? Do we know of? I would think G Gundam, it, the, the chances. I was going to say, that, that's strong odds, G Gundam. <laughs> but uh, no, not that I know of. I guess, I mean, you know, you could argue that um, that Lieutenant Macha is a bit of a turkey in 0083. And 
Which one was uh, Lieutenant Macha? He was the uh, one of the ace pilots that was that was jonesing after Nina and the mechanic. Oh, okay. The, one the of the mustachioed fellows. Yeah. Which, oh, okay. Speaking yeah. of mustachioed fellows, we, we're a beardless, beardless blue here tonight. Yeah, you know, that was for Halloween because I dressed up as Luke, so I shaved. And I was not happy with my Luke costume. It, it was like a tent. Um, I have a picture on the general chat in the Discord, but like I did buy it from China. And when I say I bought it from China, it means like on eBay where it's like not that expensive. And yeah. so I got pieces of it and I was able to get it together, but it was wide and short because for my size, I had to get an extra large, even though I would wear a medium in America. But so they said to get the extra large, I think for the shoulders. Yeah. But then I, if I tucked it in, it would come out. Um, no good. <laughs> yeah, but there's pieces of it I'm going to keep, and I'm going to try to refine it. And then with maybe 10 less pounds also next year, um, you know, I was even if I keep the beard, I want to do Obi-Wan. It's just I bought a Luke lightsaber, so. But I think yeah, Obi-Wan will be next. Yeah. Good, it, good plan. Now, well, would you, know, you be – oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I because I remember when we were talking on a stream yesterday, you were talking about what you did for Halloween. But did you dress up? I didn't. I don't think I asked you that. No, no, I did oh, not okay. dress up after all. Um, uh, my daughter dressed up as a lion because apparently <laughs> that's her favorite animal or lions. You know, and I bet she mimics them often, right? Yep. You know, she's she's got a pair of lungs on her, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and my wife went as a nurse which you oh know, that's cool. handy because she's actually a nurse so she just yeah that's that's kind of cool <laughs> it's it's like a superhero costume you know like <laughs> but wearing it off work no that's cool um, I, I went as a new dad which i was shaven and I, I don't disheveled know. yeah you hadn't like showered in a day the clothes are from yesterday yeah <laughs> nah but um all right, I uh gonna jump into um wait, hold on. Uh, Ziana Shadow saying I'm participating in a community a community build called SD December. Okay. Yeah. Guys, set up on Twitter. Is that something going on? Just people build something SD related and post it. That's that's my understanding of it is an SD hmm. build off, which I think is pretty sweet. It's a great idea. I might do that because I would never build an SD on my own unless <laughs> I mean, I did once for the channel, but no, I'll do it for that. That's cool. Um, yeah. Let me change the 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 share view here. Um, okay. Actually, let me adjust this a little bit because I think we're a little more important than the, the content. Let me make Stephen bigger. Okay. Yeah, just a little. Um, okay. Uh, before I get to that... Um, Okay, first off, I want to say how awesome it is that I have supporters that give me content that I can use. On multiple levels, that's awesome, because not only does it give me content for the show, but I'm learning so much more about Gundam reading, about what people ask me or say, also people's varied opinions. So Brandon Keith, he has some opinions that are completely different than mine, but I got to admit, he's putting his time typing all this stuff in, and it's very interesting so, yeah, let's get into this. First, Goose, who's the resident troublemaker. Not really, but uh, if you haven't met Goose yet, he's he's pretty funny. Okay, so with all of the Gundam games that have come out recently, had me thinking, 
What would be a good genre for a new Gundam game? And what series would you pull from? I have two. The first one would be a mashup of Gundam Breaker and Mortal Kombat, and it would be based on 7th Gundam Fight, getting to tell the story of a young pilot named Shuji Kuroso, Kurosu, uh, who would end up becoming Master Asia. The second one would be a mashup of Ghost Recon Woodlands and Titanfall, where you're on one of the other teams in oh, wait, the MS team timeline, and you can play in a mobile suit or on foot. If it create bases or still enemy mobile suits. Side note. To make you both think out of the box, Adam, you can't use UC timeline. And Steven can't use Zeta or double Zeta timeline. So Steven doesn't know what to talk about. Yeah, no. (laughs) Unless you absolutely have to. Okay. End the podcast now. Unacceptable. No. (laughs) No. um, Okay. So I like this. You know what? And this is another thing because I love video games. I don't think a lot of us do. I think there's this huge video game and gun crossover. So a lot of times we'll talk about diagram. Exactly. It's like it's like it has to happen. So I talk about this a lot, but what's cool about the question coming up coming up a lot, and because I know a lot about video games, it lets me really really think about it. So Goose bringing up Ghost Recon really made me think back when I would play. Probably for you being familiar with like Xeonic Front, the stuff that I didn't really play on PS2 or PS1. For me, it started with the side story on Dreamcast, where those oh, were more yeah. tactical. You know, those were more slower paced, but just the addition of like with this Titanfall aspect of you can run around on foot tactically and to carry out missions and but then have to jump into your mobile suit uh, a la Titanfall. And they did a good job of that, um, where then you would go and battle into your in your Gundam until you have to get out. Um, you know, I, I almost feel like the. So it's it's we see, and this is a good question because we see Bandai Bandai Namco, which is a great video game publisher, really know how to treat their developers. I tend to think so because they tend to come out with games that usually meet fan expectations. The the interesting thing is we usually say, oh, there's all those Gundam games of all different types of genres. You know, sometimes people complain too, but there are still some more genres, and that's why I think it's good Goose brought this up because I think it is perfect time not only for a tactical sort of shooter because those are popular but also uh, and this would be my other way some way to take advantage of the open world concept in gundam whether that is to go the where i talked before the elden ring route but i talked about that before so i'm thinking more skill back to zelda maybe they can make something that's you know in, in that thing with the video games, there's so many different you can make a doan's island which is more family friendly or you can make a hathaway which is a darker, harder game. So, uh, other than that, I, yeah, sh- some tactical shooters, an open world game. Lastly, it would be if they came out with a cool side scrolling shooter. Usually, those, those are called shmups. That's like yep. my favorite genre from back in the day. Um, Steven, what about you? Well, in the interest of going well outside the box, obviously you and I have talked about the idea of Gundam games and Gundam RPGs uh, at length in the past, but I think that if we were to come up with a new genre of Gundam game, what better concept than Witch from Mercury? And here's what I'm thinking. Do you guys remember the PlayStation classic title known as Bully? based on the Rockstar Grand Theft Auto series, but set in a a prep school. I'm thinking you are 
a new student in one of these schools for Gundam pilots, the way that Witch from Mercury is set up, you have dueling mechanics where you have to, you know, fight the bully on campus using a mobile suit in these dueling arenas. But at the same time, you're operating outside of the mobile suit. Let's say you're playing a Suleta. Maybe your objective, you have a quest that is like, go on a date. Oh, like her list. And it's yeah, that, her, her bucket yeah. list is <laughs> she's got to cool. go on a date. Ah, okay. You, you nailed it. That I think that would be a good idea. And, and I would even say, I mean, that's such a good idea. I'm actually surprised a lot of times it looks like, and this could be due to cost. Maybe there's some licensing we don't know about, or in general, they, they tend to pump out games that are a little, they're not revolutionary. Yeah. Not that they need to be, but it's, it's more just just lowest common denominator. You got to yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that, I guess that then, um, you know, and to really follow what Goose was saying, I didn't go specific. I would say double O would probably then be the universe I'd want to use. Cause I really think that I, I really like what the action you see in that show. And I would like to be a part of it because all the different types of Gundams and they look like Gundams, you know, except the main one, the riser for some reason doesn't necessarily <laughs> Look like gonna, but the other part of that is, um, yeah. If well, you know what? There was a DS game, a 3D DS game that is from Double O. I need to play that because that would be pretty interesting. Interesting. But, so the Witch from Mercury idea you had, excellent. Especially the thing with the school, kind of a little role playing, character building. Yeah. Have fun with it. I mean, we we already have all of the Gundam games that I think like you know, you see grognards like you and I would enjoy. Might yeah. as well play into what's what's airing right now. Yeah, that, that's probably the best way to go about it. What's airing, yeah, and like Witch for Mercury's good. Um, there's a lot of, a lot there. And actually, when I start reading some of Brandon's questions, we're kind of getting to the depth that I think Witch for Mercury has. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm appreciating Brandon's follow-up here. Okay, yeah, let's, yeah, let's go into that. Um, but Goose, yeah, thanks for the... Uh, uh, that, that question. Okay, so Brandon Keith, Gundam 0083, in my view, is the perfect Gundam series. I was introduced to Gundam like most Americans via Wing on Cartoon Network. But Gundam 0083 on Adult Swim made me a Gundam fan because of how great it was. I didn't understand the clunky-looking MSG series when it aired next to Wing. But when 0083 aired, I finally understood the UC timeline in that it's a multi-chapter saga. I love how 0083 draws inspiration from Top Gun 2, visually. I have yet to see a Gundam series that matches it. If Unicorn had some consistent light humor relief and less emphasis on complex space politics, it would have matched 0083. Thunderbolt has the potential to match 0083 if Sunrise adapts the remaining Thunderbolt manga and issues into animation and improves the music a bit. They should hire Yoko Kano to do the jazz score. That series has the potential to match what 0083 was. So, 0083. My, you know, quick, I, it, it, it's almost like what I said before about a few others. It's short enough that it is just an enjoyable Gundam to watch. Yeah. But it has its flaws. Uh, characters, mainly. Except for Gato. That was well done. But what oh, are yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, um, I'm a little disappointed at 
what feels like kind of a late stage retcon in order to create added drama. The whole like Nina Gato love triangle, because, you know, you think to yourself, Nina was watching the guy that stole that Gundam. She watched him take the elevator yeah. up. She watched him go into the Gundam. She watched him walk out with it. And you are you mean to tell me that it took her an additional 29 episodes to realize, oh, that's that guy that I had a fling with way back when. Yeah, <laughs> that when that came up, that was like really out of nowhere it's an interesting dynamic but nothing prior to that really made sense for it to lead up to that that's now if there had been in and you know hey if i'm gonna put my fixer hat on here's what i would think is if i were to fix gundam 0083 what i would do is plant a a combat between ko and gato where almost every fight throughout the entire series Ko is beaten by Gato, right? Until towards yeah. the end of the series when Ko starts catching up to him and starts beating him. If Ko had managed to beat Gato at one point and because of Nina's interference, let Gato get away, then you kind of might think, well, wait a second. Why did she do that? And that would kind of explain away the weird tension there. But as it as it stands it's just kind of like well we need another reason for them to fight so you know the only the only wait and do you happen to know when nina and annabelle gato were dating do we know know the timeline of the relationship no because the only thing that could be an interesting story that would then fix everything is if it's because she works for Anaheim Electronics that they tend to maybe come across Xeon people as much as Earth Federation. And that is just kind of a byproduct of, you know, the, what Anaheim Electronics is doing anyway. They're wanting to work both sides. Yeah. So if that was some sort of story to explain it, then that would almost make it, because then that further shows how this universe is really just anaheim playing both sides it's almost like the real hero of the uc is anaheim electronics not hero but the winner <laughs> <laughs> right uh raytheon i'm sorry anaheim yeah. Electronics. <laughs> no, no. yeah no that's exactly it um but you know the other thing about the unicorn not having humor you know that's very interesting unicorn is very like played serious the entire time and it's funny how there's some gundam shows where they are kind of played serious, but then there's, you know, humor in it. Like, I would even say Double O, as serious as that plays, it still has a little more humor than Unicorn. Yeah. It, it's very interesting how serious Unicorn is played and how much humor we see in something like Cuckoo's Doan's Island. It helps break up which, Gundam feeling the same. Which is kind of a shame, because I know that one of the large critiques against Zeta Gundam is like, well, why did they bring Shinta and Kum on board the ship, you know, on board the Argama, and they've got these kids on the oh. on the ship with them? And a lot of that goes back to, you know, in the original 0079, the reason that they had the kids on the ship was that they were all refugees, right? Yeah. But halfway through the series... Yoshiki Tamino realized that 
the female fans of the Gundam show were really big into like the family drama on board white base. They loved uh-huh. the fact that there was like comedic relief and there was like this tension about, you know, well, we've got to feed these kids that are on board the ship, but we also have to feed these pilots. Like, how are we going to manage that? And we're running out of salt and all this stuff. Oh yeah. And so, you know, Zeta Gundam kind of recycled that same concept where they were like, Oh, well, we're just going to throw some kids on the ship and, Fa is going to be like Frau and that sort of thing. But Unicorn doesn't Mm. have that because the main character almost is a kid. And so you don't have the opportunity to have like that playful Haro humor because your protagonist, the guy that's supposed to be like an Amuro or Camille is really just like a stoic, you know, brick figure. Yeah. 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 Very good points because it really is and we've talked about this before it's kind of like the kids that kind of grounds sort of the person as they're witnessing all this tension and stress that the other characters are going through and yeah in zeta it's it's almost like it just happened to kind of follow that because it kind of worked it's interesting I've, i've appreciated it but i didn't realize how you're bringing it up that it seems like it's a formula that didn't mean to work but it works and yeah then once you get to unicorn it seems like it's yeah, it's played so serious. I remember when I first watched Unicorn and I was watching that episode where it's between Maneva and then I guess the guy that's holding her on gun in gunpoint, I think, on the ship or oh, holding yeah. her. And they're just like talking back and forth, like super philosophically. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> but and she's supposed um, to be what, like 13, 14 years yeah. old at this time, and you're like Yeah, it's that's it not was, how I spoke as a as but, a as but, a tweener. Yeah, no, but that that's the interesting thing that gets me to like Gundam is that it seems like when there's a certain story that's being told, they then get an idea of the tone for it. Because yeah. for Cuckoo's Doan's Island, that, that movie wasn't a story about Zeon versus Federation. That was about really a Zeon soldier that ha- how his life has changed being caught up in the war and what he wants to do. And then the white base crew just happens to come across that. And you come across this guy that's, you know, raising kind of raising this, you know, family or whatever in a way. So, but then, yeah, you get to something like narrative, for instance, these, these kids went through these stressful times early in their life and they're trying to find themselves amongst being controlled by, you know, governments. It, it's, it's interesting um, because that gets further into Brandon's, um, questions again appreciate it brandon um so um because he has two more things and it kind of still talks about this but so the dub for gundam wing is not bad the problem was that the characters were dry and the dialogue uh, was and still is boring even in the subbed version i found a youtube video where the canadian voice actor for hero yui mark hildreth jokingly admitted at an anime con panel that hero is a boring dry character so when they i mean what's boring about I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I, I love that. What, what's also interesting is that uh, I think it's more of sometimes movies and shows and games do this. It's like where they give you kind of a blank character that you feel like you are. They don't have too much of that decision personality making of the character for you to feel like you are or not that character. It's enough mystery that you are that character. Master Chief is another example. Yeah. Um, 
So when the original material is dry and boring to begin with, there's only uh, but so much that dubbing team can dubbing team can do. They did the best they could, and mind you, I do not like Gundam Wing, and the show looks good, but is painfully boring. But the Ocean Group dubbing team in Canada are, in my view, are the best in the business. I wish to God they had been allowed to continue their work with Zeta Gundam after working on MSG, Char's counterattack dubs, because the team they handed Zeta Gundam to screwed up. And I will say that, you know, with Wing... That that's a good point because it, it, I do think it's ridiculous. Like the the dialogue, the script, the story, everything's ridiculous. It's cool to watch the animation it's way over the top. Fighting. Yeah, and and I could see maybe where the, the dialogue then made it hard for actors to really pull off whatever was trying to be portrayed. Because I I do think the wing dub is bad. <laughs> but it, it's probably because of the reasons you brought up. It's, the story's not that great. Yeah, so I mean, it's hard I, for the actor to really sell I, it. I was even trying to think about that recently. You know, I was in my car and I was thinking to myself, "What is it that Zex is saying when he's trying to wax philosophical, philo philosophical? When he's trying to wax philosophical on Hero, and he's saying something like along the lines of, I still have to prove that I'm one of the weak people in the world.'" Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. And I know. At, the, at the end of Wing, the story is so convoluted. Like, so is Zex the bad guy or is Trey's the bad guy? Because the Gundams yeah. were all fighting on Trey's side to fight the White Fang, which was Zex's side. And then Zex basically like switches sides mid fight. And it's, it's, absolutely idiotic and a lot of that i think was made as fan service because they wanted to have that moment where ah. zex becomes a good guy again the way that char does at the end of yep. 0079 is you know char in mid fight says amuro you're not my enemy right now i'm gonna go and shoot Cassilia with a bazooka well there's no Cassilia for zex to go shoot with a bazooka so yeah. when he says Oh, hero, I've got to stop fighting you for some reason. I'm not going to explain now, but maybe when the movie comes out next year, I'll, <laughs> you know, be on your side. What, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for most of when I was watching Wing, I was confused the side thing going on. And I think part of that, again, is, yeah, kind of fan service, like you were saying, and like kind of interesting fake storytelling where it's like, oh, these sides. And there's almost like, in real life, how a lot of the media or whatever, they're pushing like sides to take or with yep. sports, how people get so involved with a certain side um, or team. Yeah. No, but that, no, that's good. Thanks, Brandon. And Brandon continues on the Brandon show. No, um, in regards to which for Mercury, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't watch it. I get what's I don't watch it. OK, that might be the problem. You haven't watched it. I get what Sunrise is trying to do with which, uh, and if Gundam fans want more of that, hey, more power to them. The prologue was very interesting and had epic, powerful musical score and hinted at something different. But then upon watching the series, it's the same old boring political tropes typically shown in Gundam, but emphasized through a different lens. Sometimes space politics can work if presented in a way that's not dry while balanced and paced well with other tones and light humor relief. But with this series, it feels like beating a dead horse again. But it's not just which. 
Double O and IBO bored me as well for for similar reasons. Seed and Seed Destiny also suffer from a lack of humor, relief, and overemphasis on space politics. And I like certain aspects of the Seed and Seed Destiny series, but there are some episodes that outright put me to sleep due to boring politics. Some Gundam shows make me feel like I'm looking at a CNN or PBS channel news broadcast, with which it's just more of the same old political dryness along with the very subtle hints at lesbian relationships while also heavily portraying men as evil oppressors of women. I get what Sunrise is trying to do. Well, I check Gundam is a cartoon with an associated toy line and video game merch, right? Like I said before, where's the fun? I mean, why can't they do a show in the tone of 0083 where Gundams fight against space aliens or something? I'm sure Witch has it uh, has its fans, but is it selling through the roof and breaking records like Sunrise wants? Is Witch performing well with the TV ratings and merchandise sales? How has Japan responded to Witch for Mercury? Well, I did actually look it up, and I guess it's harder nowadays to track how well a streaming show is doing. But it is yeah. in the top 10 in Japan for Amazon Prime and Disney Plus because it's on Disney Plus. Um, and, but that doesn't account for YouTube because they're also showing it on YouTube. Uh, right. right. On the info. Yeah. So it seems it's doing well. We see after the show premieres that there's more companies wanting to do co-branding with their products because I think yeah. there's some success in it. Um. And so, uh, you know, I have a lot to talk about here, but Stephen, any, anything, or do you still need to think about what you're going to say? No, no. I mean, I think that, um, you know, for me, the, the space politics stuff is always exciting. Like I loved, yeah. um, honestly, the politics side of the star Wars prequels was more interesting than anything to do with the interpersonal stuff. Like the fact that there was this Republic and then the bureaucrats managed to trick people into voting for a, an extremist who was going to protect them from an army that he was in control of the whole time <laughs> that the space politics are fantastic yeah i think yeah. where witch from mercury fails is that you're trying to merge this grand space politique with a high school drama and the stakes of the high school drama are so low compared to the the politics that it's that there's almost like a mismatch to me and that's yeah. what i picked up um you know i watched episodes four and five today and i'm sitting here saying like Man, the series in so many ways is moving way too fast. And then in some ways is moving exponentially slow. There is yeah. no reason by episode four and five, you should have any question whether the main Gundam of the show is or is not a Gundam. Yeah. Because you look at like Unicorn and by the end of the first episode of Unicorn, everyone's saying it's a Gundam. Yeah. Yet here we are at episode five of Witch from Mercury, and they're like, well, we need our guy to get inside that Gundam to make sure that it's a Gundam because we're just not sure. It's got the V-fin. It's got funnels. It's got all kinds of there's a witch piloting it. And I, yeah, I just don't know. But it was made by know, Lady Prosper, got... who we know from the past that was developing the Gundam system. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just silly. But, you know, I think that Xeonic Shadow here in the chat said it best is like, you know, rule number one, you you, you got to watch the show to um to really pick up on 
all of the intricacies going on with it. If I were to base my entire opinion about Witch from Mercury based on what I've read on Twitter, I too would be very disappointed with it and be very angry with it. But fortunately, um, I've watched it and uh, I can say that like the show itself is good. The discourse around the show is quite toxic and quite insufferable. Okay. I think I've luckily then maybe avoided most of that. Uh, you know, it's very interesting with Witch from Mercury because I really feel like it is very different, even though along the way it seems like it's setting up things to expect. And like even I think I think it's episode four where for a second they show like the Earthians versus the Spacians, and then you learn about the Earthians team at the school. So you can kind of they it's like the prologue did all the space politics. And there was just that like episode four that kind of hinted at it a little more. But just like we see with something like a classic double Zeta, the first half is more about the characters and their situations. And then like, yeah, even um Santo Bell was saying the second half is probably then going to be where it's like super serious. Yeah. nothing to do with the school anymore probably it's going to be all in space um and you know the other thing um you know he was saying double o and ibo bored me so i haven't watched ibo and it was funny i liked double o because to me it seemed like a fast pace here's gundam done again with modern animation really fast and they throw and, you in like episode yeah. one it's gundam fight go yeah <laughs> And and then the other thing is, I mean, why can't they do a show in the tone of 0083, which one, I, I love the tone of 0083. But yeah, if they, the character's better, sure. But then where Gundams fight against space aliens or something. So th there's only been one Gundam we know of that's had aliens. So that's Gundam 00. So if you haven't finished that, yeah. there's some aliens for you. Or wait, no, that's the movie. The movie. Um, yeah. But... I think it would be cool if they did more alien stuff in in another Gundam AU. There's stuff like kaiju's. Uh, that would be pretty cool if there's like kaiju's that landed and then the Gundams had to fight. You know, kind of like Pacific Rim, but um, there's room for it for sure. And I mean, I like I shoot if you like Robotech. Robotech is basically Gundam with aliens, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what, um, Brandon, I want to appreciate this type of conversation because I think with your specific viewpoints that might not be shared with others, it allows that conversation to go. So, uh, you know, thanks for that and not being toxic about it. One thing I will say, though, I'm a white, straight male, so that could be it. But I like lesbians. Prove it. So, I mean, that makes the show that makes the show cool for me. I can't complain. Um, all right. Okay, so... Well, and that's the other thing, right? Is like when you get to episode five, any kind of um, any kind of lesbian vibe is is kind of squashed in the dirt, right? Yeah, and and that's what I think is kind of cool. I I like how ambiguous they are, kind of being with the relationships, because at the end, it doesn't matter. No, and who that's wants to? The best F2. part. It's, it's like, it's like yeah, <laughs> I know. So it's kind of cool how there's it's all ambiguous the whole time. Saleta and Miorine, like. It's ambiguous, and I like that they're doing that because, you know, it, it also when it comes to relationships with people, there's going to be awkward social awkwardness, and they do dive into that in this. So, yeah, and, and, um, and that's 
that was part of my favorite uh, bit of the characterization with Suleta. And the, they've they've held up with that very well. Is yeah. the fact that she is a character that's way out of her element, that's kind of out mm-hmm. of her depth. And there are other characters that are taking advantage of that. You know, uh, Zex. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Elon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Very, very um, good. You know, Elon Saris is, is taking advantage of Suleta's uh naivete and yeah so let us ignorance of the world yeah um and you know it, it is crazy because i could tell i like this show anytime i see someone on twitter or reddit happen to post like the figureized Soletta model kit i'm like is it out and then i search and see does anyone have it for sale all pre-orders say like january or something um <laughs> so if anyone happens to come across the set of mercury model kit figureized that's available let me know because I, I mean, I, I I like model kits, but I, there's something about um, the the I like the uniform. It has that white and black, but the gold trim on it. And then I just like the idea of the red hair of the characters. That the contrast it it makes the character stare out stand out because like a hero Yui doesn't stand out as a character like that I could draw. Like I would draw spiky hair, and then. Okay. And then bike shorts. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't understand the. I love that you said that. That <laughs> explains what my mind is confused about, not understanding what it's confused about. <laughs> <laughs> All he needs is like a Livestrong bracelet, and he's just. And the, the, the gloves, the fingerless gloves would sell it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, so because by this time in Witch for Mercury, there's been a lot of cool mobile suits. And I asked on YouTube what people like. Personally, I like them all except for the one I just built. <laughs> that's not my video. Like, that's probably the least exciting design. I just built it because it was the only model kit available. Um, and, okay, so Chili, Legarto. Honestly, I prefer the Fair Act. Its design really does make it look like something that fly around sniping enemies from range. Yeah. And that's what was cool about the gun. No, Fair Act, right? Is Fair Act? That's that's how I understood it. Was okay. Fair Act, yeah. It, that th- there was a cool thing about that fight because it was like the more more intense battle since there was more of the flight going on, um, uh, using kind of the sand or the s- dust to kind of make it scary. Like I thought that was um, done well. Yeah. Um, curious Zaku, Choo Choo's Demi Trainer. Love that subtle yellow on gray is also a mono eye, kind of like Gunner Zaku Warrior 2 with the loadout. I think the Demi Trainers are awesome. Yeah, those will be. I could see those being like customized to heck because if let's say someone in that school, if they didn't have their own Gundam, I guess they're given the trainer, or maybe they're given the trainer for certain uh programs in the school. Sure. But then you think a student would have their own custom trainer. I, I, so it would be cool. Like, you could get your own Demi trainer, give it a custom look, and just name it your Demi trainer that you would use in yeah. at the school. Um, you know, that would be an interesting build competition. Yeah, that like, would. Let's let's imagine that we're all members of great houses, and what would your Demi trainer or Delanza look like? Yeah, yeah. Once these start becoming more widely available, I think that would be something fun to do. Um, oh yeah, because I'd love again, like to make like the little uh, decal of the Gundam Explain logo to have like on a shield or something. I, I just yeah, that would be, be sick. Um, oh Jedi Sailor, 
I'd uh, have to say a toss-up between the Fair Act and the Darabaldi. Darabaldi, whatever. But that's a, that, yeah, that's a good one. The Fair Act for its sniper capabilities and the Darabaldi because it reminds me of the cross between the Death Scythe from Wing uh, for its beam polearm and Turn X from Turn A Gundam for the detachable limbs. Um, Edward Balitanis. I can't wait to get the Delonza standard and stick a, a round crystal sticker as a mono eye. Paint it with Zaku green colors. Yeah, awesome. and yeah, someone else it reminded me, like on Reddit, they posted, hey, I got some of these uh, stickers, gemstones from the dollar store. And they put it on his, uh, I think it was a goof maybe, or maybe it was Zaku. And I was like, oh. That yeah, perfect. Worked. Yeah. Um, oh, Nonstop Collectors, which by the way, Nonstop Collectors is run by Ian, our mod. And he, and so... Uh, he's one of he's one of our supporters, and I have ads that run. And for some reason, his wasn't popping up. He let me know that should be fixed for next time. I was trying to fix it earlier, and I, I set him on my end um, that I have to get. But his links are in the description. I just want to add that. But he's oh, yeah. saying the aerial has grown on me quite a bit. The intro of the Ice King Gundam can't remember its name off the top of my head is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing with the aerial. Like, I love the aerial. I would be buying a model kit of that if it was available. Yeah, Lucas Garrett, aerial Gundam. Design-wise, it is reminiscent of the Barbatos Gundam. One could say an early precursor to the Calamity Wars Gundams. That's my theory. I know that The Witch from Mercury takes place in its own continuity, but there's a part of me that thinks the series takes place way before the post-disaster continuity of Iron-Blooded Orphans. I'm talking perhaps a millennia before even the Calamity Wars. And, you know, um, after getting into Gundam now, I'm starting, I'm almost done with all the shows. I would love if that's something Bandai does in the future where they make a show that you end up finding out it's connected. Not just loosely connected like Turn A and G Reconquista, but explicitly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah, just to add something, and they don't have to do it with an existing in terms of like you see, they could do some other, yeah, like the idea of iron blooded orphans and Witch Mercury kind of being related. Well, and I think that's what they kind of did with Turn A was, yeah, yeah, because you know, yeah. nobody knew what the correct century was, but then all of a sudden they start digging up these mobile suits from centuries ago, and it's like, wait a second, that's a Zaku and that's a Kapool. Like these guys are digging up UC mobile suits and using them. Like this is insane. I love that. That's why I can't wait to watch that show. Um, when I get to that. Um, but you know the other thing too is what Gundam separate series seem to do is sometimes they'll focus on a planet that they've happened to not necessarily colonize, but begin maybe resource gathering from. Which for Mercury sounds like it's colonized to a point. Uh, Saleta brings up there's no schools, so I would say that is. Not a full colonization yet. More probably some installation for specific work. I don't know much about Iron-Blooded Orphans yet, but was there a full-on colony on Mars? Or was it the same thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, they are utilizing um, child slave labor to mine Mars. Oh, okay. I can't wait to get more into that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, I mean... It, if you want something that's like a direct one-to-one -one translation of like African child soldiers in the diamond mines to Gundam, it would be IBO. <laughs> okay. Cause that's exactly where I've been looking for my whole life. No, but I actually, <laughs> that's actually a legit thing though. Cause sometimes 
I think about this sometimes. I'm using all these electronics. Where did some of the minerals go that made the circuits? You know, and it's like, yeah. But I think it's cool for Gundam to explore that. In fact, some of uh, you know stories I've been writing on my own. I feel like a lot of the spark for future sci-fi is groups that are having to. They're made to be working in space, like mining an asteroid or whatever. And then over time, because of that distance, there's a division that occurs. Just like we see the colonies and you see Gundam yeah. or whatever. You know, and the I think an excellent idea. Tell me if this has been done before. I would feel like if there was this kind of space presence, they're out in the asteroids mining, they build their own mining guild. They exist for maybe a couple hundred years. And then one day they invade Earth because they built a fleet of ships, and then Earth has their own fleet of ships. That's kind of the angle my story's going at. I don't know if that's been done before. I mean, kind of like with the expanse, there is the kind of the miners. Yeah. And they really go into detail with how they suffer uh, versus, you know, people on Earth and I Elysium. Mean, is is that not just Gundam? Like yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, you've got the colonists specific- that are mining asteroids and yeah, it, you know, it, but specifically the idea that it's not like there's colonies in space yet, but kind of like what it sounds like what's going on with Witch for Mercury, where it's like a specific installation or installation set up for a specific purpose, not for people to to start living life like, oh, we're now living in space, but more of, well, it, oh, like an oil rig out at sea. One there of those types go. of things. Yeah, but it's enough resources where they then built up a fleet to get to Earth so they can... Maybe resources that are not in the mining facilities, but that has nothing strictly to do. Oh, even Jedi Sailor Saint Expanse. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway, last comment on this is from Jimmy, the GBO2. So, Jimmy is the Gundam Battle Operation 2. Um, just so you guys know. But he's saying all. So, even though I said which one is your favorite, the GBO2 says all of them. Todos. So, Todos los mobile suits. <laughs> oh, very good. I love how this is a multicultural show. I'm talking about <laughs> things from Japan. You just spoke Spanish. There we go. Like for Spanish. Um, so oh. so then what? what's your favorite uh, Witch from Mercury mobile suit then? Oh, good question. You know, uh, I would say if not... Oh, I didn't mean to show that yet. If not the aerial... Um, yeah, I think it's... Even though they... Uh, yeah, the aerial... Uh, that seems boring, but I do like the the Darabald, if I'm pronouncing that right. Darabald's pretty sweet. And the Ferract also. I feel like I want to see in the trainer. Like, I guess I'm like I'm like GBO too. I like them all. <laughs> all of them. No. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> now, nah, yeah, I'd say Ariel. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, did you say what your favorite was? I don't know if I asked you. No, but I think everyone knows that it's uh, Ghoul's Delonza. Ah, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a big fan of the Chonk, and that is a that is actually a good one. I was just looking at the sheet here or the screen here, and I was like, yeah, that one actually looks, yeah, really good. It, it stands out, honestly. Like if you were to like take a step back from that image, squint your eyes a little bit, and tell tell ask yourself which two mobile suits stand out the most, and it's like Ariel and Guel's Delanza. Yeah, in. And that's actually cool that that's the case because of how quickly he got taken out. You know what I mean? So it's like, at least it wasn't just a stupid suit. It's something very cool and interesting yeah. anyway. Um, okay, so here's another thing with GBO2 I thought was pretty cool. So they had this Gelgoog Stutzer. 
Stutzer? Sounds that's a, that's a deep cut, honestly. Is it? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, because I've never heard of it before until I saw that it's a advance of Zeta thing. How have you yeah. heard of this? Is oh okay, advance of Zeta thing. Okay. Yeah, sa- same uh same result. Honestly, the Gelgoog Stutzer is less well known than like the Dom and Zaku Stutzer, which similar yeah. They're just like winch units basically used in space is. Yeah, so the design is sick. Like, I don't think the Gelgoog is like amazing. Like, to be honest, it doesn't have to exist and I won't care. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> bad. The, the, the Stutzer version, like, like, this is what's great about Gundam is they're really just taking the classic design and they're just adding on. They can evolve it, make it look modern, but still retain the classicness. Like the Gelgoog head, they really kept that look, but it just looks great with this. I love the way the the uh, shoulders are, the binders, very advanced of Zeta-like because it doesn't look like anything else. Um, exactly right. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, and just some more shots of it here. Um, uh, I guess the, it's cool because these are sketches, and that's what's neat about yeah. You saying this is a deep cut because that is true. Very little information on this. The fact that they chose that is pretty awesome. But I'm curious if anyone else in the chat knows Zionic Shadow. Of course, <laughs> uh, it's a Gelgoog Marine with armor. Oh, okay, okay. Um. Oh, Zionic Shadow is saying GBO2 didn't include the double Gelgoog shields. Pissed me off. So it would technically have the two shields, and that didn't. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, oh, my screen just go wide. Actually, I'm done sharing. I'm going to head back to <laughs> But anyway, no. Um, so that's going to be cool. In the Discord, I will bring up stuff about um, uh, the GBO2 tournament that I want to do or play, whatever we'll do. A way we're, during Thanksgiving break, we kind of all join up, be thankful that Gundam exists. Um, oh, you know, I keep forgetting to have this thing. Uh, Brian Sanchelli added, my favorite mobile selling community tab, you may need to refresh your page. Oh, yeah, let me uh, look at that real quick for you, Brian. Um, and I'll get that up. Uh oh. Meanwhile, Neon Wave, I did pick up your reference, and Johnny Five is alive. I'm just gonna throw Ooh, that Johnny out there. Five reference. Well, did Johnny Five that? reference for for you, uh, 80s and 90s babies. That was sad when I was a kid. I think I only watched it a few times because I knew it would make me cry. You know, it was like when Wally came out. I was like, Hey, are, is this? Are they finally doing a Pixar version of Johnny Five? No. No, yeah, I know. They could really do that. They could just without the guy playing a different race. That was probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brian Zanchelli, I'm gonna go with the aerial Gundam because I really like the design and it kind of reminds me of the RX 782 Barbados G self Exia. Yeah, the the only one though is the Exia. I keep saying Riser or Double O, but the Exia for some reason I can just I can't get into it. Even though, like that seven sword version sounds badass, I'm with you, man. Like I, still, I, I don't like any of Setsuna's Gundams. Yeah, even though he, I think he's cool. I like the fact that he just says, "I'm a Gundam." Like how <laughs> cool are Gundam. you? Like if 
Oh yeah, that's even. Better. He says, "I am Gundam," as if it's like, like if I feel like, like it's a ver- be, like a like an adjective. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's like I'm thinking like that should be Amaro's line, but then it's like, wait a minute, it's the same voice actor. So technically, <laughs> I mean, I bet they did that. I'm like, wow, the Amaro voice actor. You know what? Just say I'm Gundam. You know, it, it just fits the character. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, anything else going on in your chat? No. Well, you know, I think I think that's about it. You know, thanks everyone. That was a lot of fun. Glad we got to talk about some Witch from Mercury a little bit. Uh, just yeah. and, and also about the GBO two tournament. I think that would be um, a lot of fun. That also, that great Gundam idea. video games. If you guys got any ideas of like Gundam genres that haven't been done yet, throw that in the comments because I'm as a gamer that I am like those types of discussions just make me go crazy. Wait a minute. Brian is saying that Amuro and Godzilla's birthday is today. I knew it was Godzilla's, but I didn't know it was Amuro. So, I didn't know that either. Thank you. That is like the best piece of information. Someone's given me. Seems today. like a good, a good day to drop a colony on Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was about to say, that's a good trivia question. Actually. Hey, yeah. Write that down gonna have to but anyway um but hey anyway everyone thank you had a lot of fun can't wait to do this again but also just you know check the links in the description the discord's fun i have a discord but steven also has one for the midnight hatter show which is also live that's on wednesdays we have a lot of fun doing that so steven anything else to mention no no i think you touched on everything cool all right well everyone have a good weekend we'll talk again and yeah uh gundam out or something i don't know Cheers. <laughs>